One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let's work. Let's Come on. Let's work. Let's Come on. Let's you can work. wish for it or Come you on. can work for it. You gotta work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. Come on. Let's work. Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel. So excited to have you back for another week to get up close and personal with another boss. This episode is brought to you by Work, Pray, Slay Weekend, which returns to ATL October 31st through November 3rd. For details on how you can attend the biggest and best women's weekend of the year, be sure to log on to Work, PraySlay.com. And if you happen to enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and also check the show notes for important details. So today we are talking to McKinney Smith. McKinney is an award-winning entrepreneur, author, speaker, and coach. As a certified Proctor Gallagher consultant, which is Bob Proctor's company, of the Thinking Into Results program, she facilitates 12 relevant simple and practical lessons to ensure the methods and success mindset taught become a part of you. Makini, are you ready to confess? I'm ready. Okay, so I always like to start by asking how you started your career, um, because I find it so interesting how our passions tend to lead us away from our profession. So what did you actually begin your career doing? Uh, so funny, funny you asked that. I actually went to school for aesthetics and spa management. I was really into um, just helping women look and feel beautiful on the outside. And I became a stay-at-home mom after my third child. And I was home for five years uh, and no one would hire me when I was ready to go back to work. I could not get a job anywhere. And they kept telling me that I didn't have the employable skills that they were looking for or that I wasn't qualified or that they hired someone more qualified. And in my process, I'm going to say my, my pain birthed my purpose because in my process of healing after everything that I had experienced um, in that time frame, so I had 
gone through a divorce that was finalized in 2009. And then my sister, who was my best friend, passed away in 2012. And then a year later, my grandmother, who helped raise me, passed away. I went through some serious emotional trauma. And in the process of my healing and working on myself, the personal development, I became a product of the product that I sell today. So it really began by me just sharing my story, which is what I help women do. It began with me trying to reach my goals and tap into my potential, which is what I help women do. It's so um, interesting that how many conversations I have with women and when I ask them, you know, how did you end up where you are? Like, what was it that led you here? And a lot of times it's a painful experience Mm -hmm. that really helped you to reveal or unlock your purpose. And so often we think, you know, my purpose is tied to something that I'm passionate about. It's tied to something that I'm excited about, that I'm happy about. But a lot of times the things that are literally, you know, sometimes the most painful experiences you can imagine really help you to birth your purpose or figure out how you can be a vessel for that purpose, like what it's supposed to look like. So I know that you get this question all the time because I get it all the time and I'm not even like a purpose coach or anything. (laughs) But something that people always ask me is like, where do I start? Like I'm working this job, I'm unfulfilled. I know, you know, that God has something more for me, but I literally just don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I don't know my calling. Like what is your best advice to just open up Pandora's box, so to speak? (laughs) So many things, but how do you just get started? Well, okay. So how do you get started? I think there's a huge difference between what we know and what we actually do. You know, so many people go to all these women empowerment events, all these motivational events, and they're on a high for 24 hours and then the high crashes and they do absolutely nothing with what they learned at these events. So what I tell people to do is you have to actually internalize that. You have to visualize that. So ask yourself, you know, what gets you excited? What is it that you really want to do? And you start to visualize what does that look like? What does that feel like? Because without getting too complicated you know you have your conscious mind which is your your thinking mind and you have your subconscious mind which is your feeling mind but what gets us to actually act and to get the results that we want comes from the subconscious mind your emotional um, state so you have to visualize what it is that you really want and then ask yourself am i willing and am i able to go after it because we're so we you know we've got these things that we want and then we don't move because we're like oh i don't know how but it's not your job to know how. It's, it's for you to focus on the what. God takes care of the how. You just need to ask yourself, are you willing and are you able? And those two things move from that vision, that fantasy, bringing it into theory, saying, okay, it's actually possible. And then those are how you um, get moving. And I, I don't, how do I say this? Some people don't like, um, you know, when you speak about the law of attraction and stuff like that. I'm a believer, but I also believe in there's actual um, applicable things that you can do that makes sense to get to where you want to go. So you attract those things by what you focus on. So, so true. Why do you think that we have such a hard time believing that we're worthy of the things that we say we want? Because we will blurt out like a laundry list of things that we want. I want this house. I want this car. I want this man. I want this business. We will blurt out all of these things, but we don't, a lot of times, literally us not believing that we're even worthy of those things is what's keeping those things away from us. So just getting to the root of that belief, why do you think Mm -hmm. it's so hard for us to even wrap our mind around the fact that we're worthy of these things? 
So this is why representation matters. When you see certain things, when you see, you know, another black woman or another black couple or someone in a high space doing big things, because our our environment and who we are around and what we see affects our beliefs. It becomes our reality. So for me, I mean, I grew up in government housing. To me, a lot of things weren't possible. I only saw a bunch of, you know, single moms working multiple jobs, struggling, like hardship. I had to come out of that environment and look at successful people and travel to different places in the world and open up my perspective to what's actually possible. So it's, it's opening up your, your mind to, to what's possible. You know, we don't believe that certain things are possible because we didn't see it. We didn't see it growing up. So we have to make ourselves um, or position ourselves to be able to see those things so we can have those things so we can believe that more is possible. So one thing that I didn't mention, uh, um, but I think it's kind of important to mention is that you're based in Toronto, born and raised yes. in Toronto, right? Yes. Okay. So I can obviously, I've never been to Toronto, heard great things about it. Definitely going to have to make my way there, but yes, I, you do. <laughs> I can't speak to the culture or, you know, the, the entrepreneurial culture I'll say in, in Toronto. Um, but in, you know, in Atlanta and beyond, you know, I talk to women from all across the country, but a lot of times I, I see women who have that lack mindset, like don't believe that they're worth it. Um, or if they do believe they're worth it, they're still not necessarily willing to work for it. They're not willing mm -hmm. to take the action. They want to make the vision boards, but they don't want to go out and do the work to make the vision come to life. What mm -hmm. are like, is that a common theme in Toronto or like what are some, because I know you've worked with people um, in the States too. So are there any major differences between <laughs> Toronto and the States in terms of like the entrepreneurial mindset or just the landscape that entrepreneurs work with them? So in terms of the difference between Toronto and the U.S. that I have seen, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years now and I started uh, traveling across the U.S. and the U.K. And, and Africa and stuff to speak maybe within the last four to five years. There's a huge difference. In Toronto, because we have a lot of, I'm going to say, support systems within the government to take care of people, um, I find in terms of entrepreneur mindset, the drive is not as hard as it is in the U.S. And although when I'm there, like you said, you know, there's still certain um, group of, of women that will have that lack mindset, it's still greater than it is here in Toronto. I mean, you know, we have health care. We have all these systems in place. You know, if, you're, if your child is under the age of 18 and you don't have dental care, the government pays for your child's teeth to get clean. Like there's all these support systems. So in terms of pushing is hard for entrepreneurship, it's not, um, it's not that great of a, I'm going to say a focus here. Now there's a lot more people uh, within the, the Toronto market that are trying to get into uh, and tap into the U.S. market because the mindset is so different. The support system, the collaboration, um, the hustle to continue, it's actually a lot stronger than in the U.S. than it is here in Toronto. Interesting, interesting. I always find it, you know, just interesting to talk to people in different places and see the similarities, you know, especially amongst women. Entrepreneurship, of course, you know, a lot of that depends on the city that you're in. Some cities, 
certain environments are just set up, you know, for entrepreneurs to thrive. But when it comes to like being a woman and the issues that you deal with um, across the board, like women around the world, I feel like a lot of the things that we go through or are stressed out about um, are pretty similar. There's lots of things that we can relate on. So it's so great for, um, you know, to, to be able to have these connections or relationships with people from different places who have different experiences and different perspectives um, that they can bring to the table. One of which um, that you had the pleasure of working alongside and learning from um, was a, is a legend, and that's Bob Proctor. Mm-hmm. What I know people ask you all the time, like, what was it like working with Bob Proctor? <laughs> I want to know too. So you got to tell us what it was like. But also, can you share like one life changing lesson um, that he taught you? Okay, so. Um... I mean, right now, Bob Proctor is like almost 85 years old. And when you are in his presence, you do not get the energy of an 85-year-old man. He is full of energy. He, you know, when he speaks on stage, he moves around. He actually walks up and down and he'll walk backwards up and down the stairs when he's speaking and, and on stage. And he's quite loud and boisterous. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And this man is beyond brilliant. You know, one of the things that I learned from him is to focus on what you're good at. You know, Bob was, he was featured in, he was one of the thought leaders featured in the movie, The Secret. And he was a high school dropout. He had like two weeks of high school, but this man has gone on to become a billionaire because he focused on what he's good at. Like he'll tell you, don't ever ask him to bake a cake because he sucks at baking a cake. Don't ask him to change a tire. He sucks at changing tires. But when it comes to mindset and getting people to take action, that's what he excels at. So that's what he focuses on. So one thing that I guess I would say um, I got from him is, is to focus on my strengths. I, I think that a lot of times we, we look at our environment and we, we start to create all these limitations for ourselves. One of his famous quotes is, um, oh goodness, I just drew a blank. <laughs> one of his famous um, quotes is that the only limits in life are those that we place on ourselves. And after spending time with him, his wife and his daughter, I started to tap into my unlimited potential. You know, most of us are only functioning using 10% of our potential. They helped me pull things out of me that I didn't know was in there. And that was majorly life, life-changing for me. I wrote about it in my, my first book. So important um, to focus on the, you know, the gifts, the talents, the skills that you have versus scrolling Instagram and seeing whatever you <laughs> have going on and feeling like you can't do it or you can't be successful in your own way because you're not working with what they're working with. So it's so important. Um, that's such a good lesson to focus on your strengths. I always say, you know, you have the skills to pay the bills. All of us do. Yes. If someone has ever been willing to hire you for something. You have a skill that somebody's been able to monetize. So now you yes. just got to figure out how to monetize it for yourself um, and stop watching what everybody else is doing and work on what you're supposed to be doing. So I love that. And speaking <laughs> of the work, like one thing that I think um, a lot of people don't talk about is coaches having coaches. Oh, whether yeah. it's necessary, whether it's not, I think a lot of times the people who are like anti-coaches are typically the people that are not like really seeing the growth in their business because the mm -hmm. people who are quote unquote successful, they have coaches. Any mm -hmm. coach that I've ever worked with has had a coach. So what is your, I guess, theory, since you are a coach, what's your theory or do you believe it's important for coaches 
to have a coach? I believe it's extremely important for coaches to have a coach. Anyone that I know that is successful has some form of coaching or mentorship. We all need someone who is at a higher level than us to help us um, avoid the pitfalls to get to where we are. You know, one of the things that I learned from Bob Proctor is, you know, great leaders are also great followers. So in, in, in business, in spirituality, in all kinds of areas in my life, I have a coach or mentor that's helping me along the way. What would you say has been more beneficial to your business? Would you say mentorship or partnership and why? Oh, wow. I think they're both equally important. Um, You know, we can be in business for ourselves, but we can't do it alone. We need collaborations. We need other people to either hire or delegate things to, um, you know, so that we don't become overwhelmed and trying to be, you know, jack of trades doing every single thing, um, the things that are not paying the bills. And in terms of mentorship, like that's definitely helped guide me. Um, that's definitely given me some some feedback and some confirmation and even affirmation as to, you know, what I'm doing. I think they're both equally important. So in your book, um, A Walk in My Stilettos, you share how you conquered the challenges of being a teen mom, divorce, um, the losses, I think that you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. becoming an entrepreneurship, being a single mother. Is there one underlying message that you want um, your readers to get or just a lesson that you want them to learn when they read your book? Uh, well, that, that would be the subtitle, getting, um, getting through adversity with grace. I mean, we all have struggles. We are, none of us are exempt, but it's not exactly what happens to you. It's how you deal with it that matters. And of all the adversity that I've had to go through in you know, the first half of my life, Many people, when I start telling the stories of the things that I've actually experienced, they're like, wow, like, that's a lot. And these are normally older women that I'm speaking to. Like, I spend a lot of time with women who are, you know, in their, their 50s and stuff, getting, you know, guidance from them. But getting through all those adversities and still being able to remain positive, still being able to push forward, still having gratitude, still being loving, you know, all of those things, because I think that a lot of women, especially when we go through a lot of these adversities, we become bitter and stagnant. You know, we we're afraid to move forward. We're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid of failing. We're afraid of all of these things. But everything that I've ever wanted was on the other side of what I was afraid of. And the minute that I was able to push through that, that's where all my rewards came from in life. So you segued us right into my next question, because... (laughs) Coming from having the Single Wives Club, right, which was all about helping single women prepare to become wives. It was all about relationship readiness and having these conversations about what we're, what we're going through, what we've been through, how to learn the lessons so we don't go through it again. In your book, you discuss um, your divorce, but you certainly are not single anymore. So how were you able to let your guard down long enough to let love in again? Because there are so many women who... Like you said, they harbor those emotions. They start blaming other people. They don't take personal responsibility. They don't learn the lesson in it all. How were you able to brush yourself off and believe in love again? So, I mean, in terms of, you know, having your guard up, I mean, it's important to have a wall up, but some people have it so high that no one can get over it. Um, You know, and you don't want your wall so low that everybody's (laughs) coming through. 
but what what I had to do was to focus on building me my past relationships I learned a lot about them but I also learned about myself you know even though I went through a divorce to me I still believe in marriage I believe I married the wrong person and when I was married I didn't know who I was at that point so I was trying to be everything that I felt he wanted me to be and when I went on my personal development journey and understanding self-love and self-image and all of those things, that's when I was able to manifest a man that understood that and he was on his own personal development journey and he could respect who I am and what my needs are. And now it's like I have the perfect helpmate that's helped me not only build my business, but raise my kids, you know, someone to share my dreams with and all of these beautiful accolades that you know we get to to receive once we're walking in our purpose but i think so many times we're focused on the other person we have this wish list of what we want in the other person when we're not working on ourselves i had to do that rough dirty work of reflecting on who was i why things were going wrong what part did i have to play as well because many times yes it you know we may have been hurt by the other person but what did i allow you know we teach people how to treat us and i learned to take my power back and now i have boundaries and i believe that the relationship that i'm in now many of the negative things that i experienced in my past relationships i don't even think would be possible in this relationship because we have such respect and such love for each other and as human beings are our goal and our purpose in life is to help others and empower others and to improve the quality of other people's lives, including our own. So as a mom of three, a mentor, a speaker, a coach, um, you know, what do you say to women who think that they can't have it all? And then that's part one. What do you say to women who think they can't have it all? And then for the women who believe they can have it all, how in the world are they supposed to manage it all? Like, do you have <laughs> a productivity tip, a time management tool, like what can you share um, for the people who want it all, but just don't know what to do with it? So I believe that it is possible to have it all because I feel like I have it right now. Um, you know, oftentimes we don't believe something is possible because we haven't seen it or we haven't experienced it. And if I had looked at, you know, my, my past from growing up to what I had experienced in the past, I probably would have said before, it's not possible, but I do believe it is possible. And in terms of uh, a tip, I do have a formula that, that I use to help me balance it all. Um, you know, as a, a believer, for me, faith comes first. So, you know, every day there's that time that's set aside for, for prayer. My family knows Sunday we are going to church. And if it is not we, if you get to take that Sunday off, I am still going to church. And Wednesday evenings, I'm at Bible study. Like they know that that's mom's schedule. And then second comes family for me. So because I was a stay-at-home mom for so long, and then I was a single mom um, for a long time as well, my kids are very, very important to me. So I make sure that I schedule in their appointments. So whether it be school or doctor's appointment or dentist or, you know, what have you, like later on today, my son has his track meet that I need to rush and make sure that I get to. Um, so I schedule in their needs and then finance. So because I'm an entrepreneur, I can schedule everything around my my faith and my family you know i can schedule in my clients they like the time slots that i make available to them on my calendar is based around my children and my faith and then after that comes fun and and friends that's where the time that's left over 
that's where I can fit in the social time and, and stuff like that. So to me, that's my formula for balance. So faith, family, finance, and then friends and fun. Look, that's going to be the, topic, the title of this episode, the formula <laughs> for balance. Okay, let's get it all together. You are definitely um, just an inspiration and proof that you really can have it all and you don't have to arrive at the destination the same way everybody else does. Because okay you know, we can all have, you know, our own vehicle for getting where we're going, but that doesn't mean we can't all end up at the same place. And that same place doesn't even have to look the same for all of us. My, you know, my my success doesn't have to look like yours, but in order to get that, we definitely have to believe we deserve it, be willing to work for it. And then once we have it, we can use your formula for balance to make sure we can keep it. Bikini, I have truly enjoyed this conversation, and I know that my listeners appreciate all of these gems that you have been dropping. Please let them know where they can find you online and how they can connect with you on social media. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Coriel. I honestly, um, truly appreciate you. I've been following you for so long on social media, and you inspire me as well. So online, they can find me either under Makini Smith, that's M-A-K-I-N-I-S-M-I-T-H, or A Walk in My Stilettos. So the, the website is A Walk in My Stilettos. We've got um, Facebook and Instagram under that as well. And on Instagram, my at name is The Real Makini Smith because somebody else is using Makini Smith and <laughs> they're not actually active on their page. So it's, yeah, The Real Makini Smith on Instagram. This has been another game-changing episode of Confessions of a Workaholic, meant to empower and encourage you to get that ass to work. You already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to do the work. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you. See you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.